This is Speaking Freely with the ACLU of Pennsylvania, the podcast that tells the story of civil liberties. I'm your host, Andy Hoover, Director of Communications at the ACLU of PA. This is part two of our two-part Back to School series. You heard part one with Harold Jordan from our staff, who talked about how schools are reacting after the tragic shooting in Parkland, Florida in February, what the research shows on school policing, and what an utter disaster Betsy DeVos's reign at the Department of Education has been. If you haven't listened to that episode yet, I highly recommend that you go back and check it out. For part two of this series, I sat down with Preston Heldebreidel of the Pennsylvania Youth Congress. PYC is an LGBTQ youth advocacy group, and Preston is their state policy associate. In this conversation, Preston discusses the challenges that trans students in particular face at school and the work that PYC does to support them and lesbian, gay, and bisexual students. As you'll hear us discuss, PYC is also a client of the ACLU of Pennsylvania. We represent the organization in the lawsuit that challenges the Boyertown Area School District's practice of allowing transgender girls to use girls' restrooms and locker rooms and transgender boys to use boys' restrooms and locker rooms. That lawsuit was brought by students and parents represented by the Alliance Defending Freedom, which refuses to even acknowledge trans students as transgender in their court briefings. The school district has successfully defended its practice at both the federal district court and the appeals court. You can learn more about that case at aclupa.org boyertown. Here we go. Preston, you've been involved in LGBTQ youth activism and advocacy for several years now. I see you at the Capitol all the time. Uh, Why did you get involved in this work? Um, I got involved in early 2017 um, when the Title IX guidelines uh, regarding trans students were just rescinded. Um, And that was a really big blow for all the kids in my school, including myself. We'd been fighting for access to sex-segregated areas for a long time. And it was like um, one of the pillars we had been leaning on when talking to an administration had just been ripped out from under us. Um, And, you know, all we could talk about that day was how we hadn't been gaining much ground even to begin with and how now, how even living was going to be that much more of an uphill battle with the new administration. And we were all scared. And you could see in people's eyes of, you know, 14, 15-year-olds, we were losing hope, and that was a really tough thing to see. Um, and a few days later, I believe, my GSA advisor came to me and told me about this opportunity, and there was an event going on, a community event in Harrisburg, and with people she trusted, and she was really pushing me to go. Um, and that event ended up being um, an emergency roundtable uh, put together by the Pennsylvania Youth Congress and with Dr. Levine, um, with trans students all across the state, regarding how we move forward in um, light of the new situation with the rescindment of the guidelines. And it was the first time I had ever been in that type of advocacy space. And somehow I kept being invited back. And my friends and I and people like us, we were being hurt and we needed help. And suddenly I had opportunities being dumped on me where I could be useful and Every day I was learning new ways that I could help people like me and my friends. And I 
also wanted to be there for people who couldn't be there. All my friends who would have been brilliant but just weren't because of circumstances and not being added to their parents and being placed in danger otherwise. Um, so, yeah, I got involved. So I want to ask you a little bit about some of the challenges that students face, because um, I know PYC works with students all across the state. And I know that the experience for trans students is a bit different than for cisgender, lesbian, gay, bisexual students. So I want to ask you about each of them separately. First, what do you think are biggest challenges facing trans students uh, in secondary schools? It's the same as the challenge, our biggest challenge everywhere throughout life, which is um, we have to function in a society that makes it very clear that we are not wanted. And we have to think about a lot of things that normally people would just go about their day not worrying about. You know, we talk about bathrooms a lot. And, you know, we always say it's not just about bathrooms, but public sex segregated areas such as bathrooms and locker rooms really become almost pits of danger um, where uh, physical and uh, verbal harassment stares, a danger of being outed, of being punished. It's, it's a constant learning how to navigate to keep yourself as safe as possible, both physically and mentally. And especially in the school system, when you're a minor, you're not only you're navigating that with the added pressure of a lot of your agency doesn't belong to you, it belongs to your parents and to the schools. So you know that you might know that if you use, like if you know that if you would use the women's restroom or the girls restroom, you wouldn't be in danger of being harassed and it would be fine. But then you would have the fear on top of that of being punished for it even though that would be the best choice for you. But then you face the punishment of, you know, school discipline and them telling your parents and outing you, which unfortunately is very common. And I know a big thing for trans students is, um, especially trans non-binary students, is having every day to choose between defending your existence, not only to peers, but adults repeatedly, which is exhausting and draining and very intimidating at times, um, especially because you're expected to have all the right words to defend, like, yes, this is who I am and this is what I am exists. Um, you have to choose between doing that or fitting yourself into a box that very much you don't belong in um, and just pretending to be someone you're not, which is a lot of added stress of, upon a student's already stressful life in high school. And along with that comes, you know, juggling different names and personas in different classes depending on, you know, what teachers, students are in the class. And also having to do damage control. It's very alienating at times being a trans student because you know that basically you and your fellow trans students are the only ones who are usually going to stick up for yourselves. And um, so you face that pressure of when someone says something that is harmful to trans people, you either have to step up and do that damage control yourself, which is again, a lot of pressure and very draining and intimidating, or uh, face guilt for being unable to perform the damage control, even though it's not our responsibility to explain um, and defend ourselves to our oppressors, it's we still face the guilt of being unable to step up sometimes. Um, 
And again, isolation from peers when many of the people around us don't understand us or don't want to deal with us. It can be very isolating, especially for kids in schools in rural areas who may not have any trans kids that they know of to befriend or anything. So as I mentioned, the there there is a difference in the experiences of trans youth and uh, lesbian, gay, bisexual youth. Um, I would imagine there are some similarities, at least in the broad sense, uh, in terms of worrying about bullying. But um, in your experience, what have you seen both? What are the similarities um, and what are some differences? What, what kind of challenges do LGB youth face? We've come a long way in society's treatment of uh, LGBT people and youth, but we are certainly not where we need to be. And I know we see a lot of kids inordinately targeted for PDA violations where they, their straight peers wouldn't have been. And especially um, when the administration chooses to call home for, you know, for a same-sex couple holding hands or kissing when you don't, when that poses a very specific danger that, you know, straight youth don't face and should be acknowledged. And then, you know, there are still comments from peers and adults, we're in a culture of heteronormativity. And so even when it's not meant to be harmful, you know, there are certainly things going on in class um, from teachers even um, that have a profound effect. Worrying about actions at school reaching home, again, not only teachers calling home, but you know, just community gossip, having to worry about um, your actions or words at school reaching home somehow. I know this has gotten, this has been less of an issue in the more recent years, but um, things like couples at proms and dances, school dances, things like that, being allowed to wear a certain dress code or same-sex couples being able to go to a dance together. Yeah, I think you um, you really summarized it well when you said we've made progress but still have a lot of work to do. Uh, and I, it's my understanding of the mission of Pennsylvania Youth Congress is to be an advocate and a support for LGBTQ and T youth. Um, how does PYC provide support to uh, LGBTQ youth? Yeah, so our role as um, our statewide LGBTQ youth organization is to empower young leaders and to give support and make sure we have a voice in state and local government. We work with a network of over 100 GSAs. Um, we help form new GSAs um, in areas that really need them to um, help with that isolation and be able to help new leaders grow and providing support to GSAs when needed, um, when dealing with um, fighting for rights at their schools. At that level, we are also have been involved in multiple court cases on behalf of trans students fighting for their rights in their school districts. And then also we do a lot of work advocating for responsible laws and policies, both at the local and state level, especially uh, for local non-discrimination ordinances and statewide safe schools laws, which very much affect LGBTQ youth. And speaking of court cases, the ACLU represented PYC recently uh, in a lawsuit defending the Boyertown School District's practice of respecting students' gender identity, including in their use of restrooms and locker rooms. The case is still ongoing, but we have won at every level so far, including most recently at the appeals court level. And the reason why the ACLU represented PYC is because you all had members at Boyertown. Um, and if the plaintiffs who were challenging what the school district was doing, if they had prevailed, it would have harmed 
your members. So from your perspective as a youth activist and a recent high school graduate, you graduated in 2017, um, why was that win and the school's practice so important? We've been fighting for equal access to sex-segregated areas um, for years, and it's um, really almost come to a head in a lot of schools all across the state. Um, but of course, the school is the schools are looking out, you know, for um, themselves. They don't want to be sued by community members. Um, so while we've had um, cases where the students have, uh, where a trans student has sued the school, and it's come out uh, a victory for the trans student, um, we hadn't yet had a case uh, where uh, cis students from the school sued, and that's what the Boyertown case was. Um, so it was really pivotal in um, where the direction would go for schools all across the Commonwealth, um, what their decisions would be regarding um, trans student policies. And Boyertown really did have an excellent policy. They had, it was fair for everyone. Um, uh, everyone could use the public uh, restrooms and locker rooms uh, that they chose due to their gender identity. And if anyone, cis or trans, felt uncomfortable in the public uh, spaces, they could use um, the separate facilities, um, which really should be how it is everywhere. And yeah, so uh, this win so far is really pivotal in the direction that other schools all across the state will be taking. And so it's something we can, we're definitely using moving forward um, to get trans students, you know, what we need in our schools. So if someone listening to this wants to get involved in LGBTQ and T activism, youth activism, what do you recommend? Uh, how can people get involved? Firstly, just keep learning everything you can. Um, that's the basis for everything. Um, be involved in your community, no matter how small that community is. Start in your GSA or the closest you can get to a GSA, because that's really where you're going to learn and develop the skills um, to keep moving forward. And um, look online as well and make sure you can grab every opportunity that's available to you. Um, I know we have summits all across the state um, for youth leadership. PYC has our own. Um, every year we hold the Youth Action Conference, which really focuses on leadership development of young people. And when approaching organizations outside the school level, make sure you're going with somewhere that will value you um, as a leader and as a person. And instead of using you as a token young person or trans person or trans person of color, because um, that can be a real issue. But um, yeah, and don't worry about necessarily comparing yourself to others because Everybody has trouble recognizing their own skills, but just keep pushing forward and keep learning and keep centering the most marginalized and keep listening and yeah, you'll be on a good path. Where can people find information about PA Youth Congress? Right now, our website is unfortunately um, going repa under repairs, but PennsylvaniaYouthCongress.org um, has all of our information usually. And we have a very active Facebook page. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, um, and Twitter, I believe. Great. Well, Preston, thanks for taking the time. I appreciate it and appreciate your great work. Yeah, thank you so much as well.
Thank you to Preston Helderbreidel for being part of our Back to School series and for all of the knowledge and expertise he offered here. You can learn more about the Pennsylvania Youth Congress at payouthcongress.org, on Facebook, and on Twitter at PA Youth Congress. With all of this talk the last two episodes about schools, it's critical that students, parents, and educators have the information they need. That's why I highly recommend our Students' Rights Handbook. You can find that online at aclupa.org slash yourrights. That's a wrap for this episode, our 12th. Thank you to our editor, Amy Giacomucci. Our music is from bensound.com. Thank you to ACLUPA Executive Director Reggie Shuford for all of his support of the pod. I'm Andy Hoover. Until next time, be free.